Welcome for a new recording session of our HR Meetup podcast, a project sponsored by Hotel Le Plaza in Brussels, Transforma Brussels, a co-working space and innovation center, and of course, the podcast factory. I have today as my guest, Ruth Friedman, and she's focusing guide and self-compassion coach. I was like, what is that? So she'll tell us all about it. Hi, Ruth. Hi. Our first question is a classical one. From your child's dream till today, what have been, what, what have you realized? What is your, uh, your professional and your personal journey? So uh, when I look back at my childhood, I don't recall too many concrete dreams. Uh, but what was important for me was that I always wanted to understand my world and to make sense of things. I also wanted definitely to have an interesting life with a lot of freedom. I was committed to a fair world. And for me, it was very important to make a contribution and to have a sense of purpose. So uh, with this wanting to understand the world, I went and I got a degree in physics. Mm -hmm. And then I started out in IT and I worked in corporate IT for a couple of years. It was a very large organization and I didn't really find my place. So mm -hmm. later on, I went to work for a small uh, software house where we were analyzing the data that came from satellites. Mm -hmm. I found this very interesting and I found that actually the users of my uh, IT programming uh, actually had a much more interesting job than I did. So I then went to uh, uh, retrain as an environmentalist. I got a, a master's in environmental planning. And from there, I got a, a position for a municipality promoting recycling and also encouraging uh, environmental education. Mm -hmm. So at this point, I was working a lot with people in the community, bringing diverse strands of the community together to see if they could figure out what they could do in common, like bringing together the farmers and the environmentalists and the local people with the politicians, mm -hmm. which was not always easy. And I realized I can that... Imagine. <laughs> What I, what I realized was actually I was really, really interested in people and I wanted to go further in that direction. So I then had the opportunity to train in the UK where I'm from as a further an adult education trainer. Mm -hmm. And with that, I was teaching a night school. I was teaching uh, maths and physics, so mm -hmm. drawing on my initial training. Around about the same time, I was also working with young people. Mm -hmm. And I was a kind of a youth uh, social worker. I was working with the 13 to 19 year olds and I had a very special job. So most of my colleagues, they were going out onto the streets and working with uh, disaffected young people, of which there are unfortunately well, quite a many in my area. But I was working with people to help empower them to get their views and their opinions to be taken seriously by the adults around them. So I was giving trainings in uh, action planning. I was giving tra trainings in communication skills, running meetings, all this kind of thing. And then life brought me to Belgium and I came to Belgium for personal reasons. Fortunately, I was able to find work. I was working at a Solvay, the Solvay MBA program mm -hmm. and I was uh, assisting and coordinating some of the leadership uh, development programs that was run for the MBAs. And also I was running their careers program assisting MBA candidates to figure out where they wanted to go next mm -hmm. and also assisting them in shaping their uh, CVs and uh, motivational letters and all that kind of thing. Then I was very lucky. I found a, an interesting opportunity with a, with a not-for-profit. The not-for-profit was working on issues of uh, non-discrimination and inclusion. And I ran a, a trans-European project for them. And this, the first project I worked on was uh, bringing Jews and Muslims together. 
So I was very interested in this project and passionate about it. Some of it was a coordination, but I was also doing some, uh, some lobbying at the, at, uh, the European uh, Parliament uh, with that project. Later on, I transferred. There was a, an education program. So as my main interest was, uh, by this point, was in uh, adult and youth education, it was a logical uh, and very interesting position for me. And I ran the uh, non-discrimination and inclusion program, uh, education program that the organization had. Unfortunately for me, my view on what the project should be and the values that we should be training were not in complete alignment with the organization. Mm -hmm. So there was a mismatch of values, mm -hmm. and then I spiraled into a very difficult period of my life, and I actually went into a kind of burnout. Okay. So I didn't have the same values as the organization. I became less motivated, mm -hmm. and then I started to underperform. And around about the same time, I was also suffering from a very low immune system, and I was catching just about every cold there was in a in a season. Mm -hmm. So that was a very difficult period in my, in my life. Around about that time, I, after one of these bad flus that I caught, I got into a post-viral uh, syndrome situation. Mm -hmm. So that's basically, um, when you have post-viral, it means that you, you get sick and you don't get better, but you're not really ill. And during that period, I also wasn't sleeping. So I went for many, many weeks of not being able to sleep at all. It was a very challenging period for me. And one of the things I was doing was I was reading every personal development and self-help book that I could uh, lay my hands on. Mm -hmm. And that was where I discovered self-compassion. Mm -hmm. It was referred to in a book and I checked the references and then I found uh, kind of the, um, the people who kind of created or not created, developed, uh, brought it to... Uh, to, uh, to the West, to common uh, parlance. Mm -hmm. And later on, I, I trained as a self-compassion coach with the author of this book. Her name mm -hmm. is uh, Kristin Neff. So I was beginning uh, to do my own freelance work. At the same time, I was also training using art. And I followed a training here in Belgium, helping people to use expressive and creative arts in workshop settings. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered that I had suitable skills to give intercultural trainings. Mm -hmm. So going into large companies where uh, there are many expatriations and repatriations, working initially with the young people, but also with the uh, employees and their spouses, helping them to uh, navigate living in one country and understanding a, a system of cultural norms to living in another country with very different uh, with other, cultural uh, norms. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So I've been doing that now for about four years. And alongside that, I'm now working with this process called focusing. Focusing I discovered by chance because a friend of mine was looking for a partner. It's a process that you learn and practice in, in pairs. And he was interested in exploring it and he mm -hmm. needed somebody to, to work with. So I've learned that process myself over a couple of years. And I've recently followed a extensive advanced training in this process, and I'm now working as a as a focusing guide 
alongside my uh, intercultural work. I'm all quiet, Ruth. I, I heard <laughs> your uh, your journey and, and it's like, wow, the journey you have uh, made was, was like challenging professional, uh, but also personal, uh, I imagine. And look at you now, eh? like a focusing guide and self-compassion coach. Yeah, so for me, it's not yet clear what is exactly a focusing guide and self-compassion coach. So maybe you can explain briefly What, what is it that you do? So I work with individuals. Mm -hmm. uh, with individuals, uh, we go quite deep into uh, an issue that they might have. So for instance, if somebody has uh, difficulty with a family member mm -hmm. and they always find that they are doing things or behaving in a particular way that isn't really who they are, it's an opportunity to help them to get some distance on mm -hmm. the situation. However, the same skills are also very useful within... Uh, working at a more, um, not only the personal level, but also the um, professional level. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, people who are prone to burnout, yeah. but the kind of the pre-burnout stage. Just this, right before they're out. Yeah, exactly. They to feel give, like, oh, I'm not feeling good in this company, but what what is it exactly mm -hmm. uh, that makes me feel that way is not yet defined. So then they can, they can contact you? Absolutely. And, so, and how does it work then? So that would be an opportunity. I would work with them either as an individual or also work in groups, uh -huh. giving, oh, giving in a the team. skills. Yeah. Or is it like the individual with the, with the manager? Or, or I mean, it could be in many in many okay. different in many yeah. different ways. Mm -hmm. It could be within a team, but it could be just like you know, people from an organization who don't necessarily uh, know each other okay. well beforehand. But, yeah. Uh, to provide them with tools to help them manage their challenging situations mm -hmm. so that instead of going over the edge into a burnout they are able to speak up for themselves and able to communicate oh well listen yeah. this is happening and actually you know I need some kind of change mm -hmm. rather than going over the edge and then and it's going much, too far yeah, yeah. exactly mm -hmm. so that's one example another example of how focusing is useful is people who need better listening skills, better communication skills. Mm -hmm. By learning the tools of focusing, it really helps you to have empathy for the person that you're talking to. And then obviously, if you have empathy, then it's much easier to connect with the other person yeah. and understand what they're really trying to communicate. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, working with salespeople would mean that the salespeople would have a much better understanding of what their client is really asking for. Mm -hmm. And the other area that I've identified is helping people to be more authentic in their leadership. So maybe I should talk a little bit about the focusing process. Yeah, please do. So focusing is a method that uses the intelligence of the mind to track moment-to-moment -moment body sensations. It's a body-centered process And using adult consciousness, we step beyond our habitual stress patterns. We allow the body to communicate to us in a new way that brings a greater awareness and more information. It's as if most people know what is a gut reaction. So this method, rather than just waiting for a random gut reaction, this method actually helps you to understand what's going on in your body all the time. So another way of looking at it is it's like our body is to make an analogy. If we mm -hmm. imagine that our body is like a big computer, okay. it stores all of our lived experience. But most of the time, usually we don't have access to that information. Mm -hmm. So focusing is, if you will, like a password 
that gives us the access to find out what information is stored in the body. But we're not using the mind in our kind of habitual way, in mm -hmm. the kind of everyday way, but we have access to an expanded sense of awareness. Mm -hmm. So it's like we have the sense of an adult self. Yeah. And with our adult consciousness, we track what's going on in the body. Is it like a meditation? Well, it's kind of, it's similar in some mm -hmm. ways to meditation or mindfulness, yeah. but it's different in that the, the focuser, we have a focuser and a listener. So a listener is like, uh, can also be the guide. Mm -hmm. So I'm listening and I'm also guiding. Okay. So the focuser is... Is there always like a focuser and a listener? Yeah, so that's the normal way. Yeah. Uh, once you've learned the skill, some people do focusing on their own. It's usually not as powerful mm -hmm. because in the particular sub section of focusing I'm actually working with, it's actually mm -hmm. called relational whole body focusing. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with somebody and they're talking about whatever they're talking about. And I will get sometimes uh, feelings and sensations that do not belong to me. So mm -hmm. I might get a pain in my shoulder I might get uh, a sudden feeling of sadness that it does not But it's not the other that that's exactly. brings it over to you. So having the relationship increases the amount of support that the person has. Mm -hmm. So you can do focusing on your own. And yeah, but then it's like some, you receive your own... Exactly. So they're, they're different, slightly different strands of focusing. And some of the strands don't have this relational component. But uh, for me, the relation com relational component is very strong. Mm -hmm. And just to give an example, when I was the focuser working with a, a colleague, I was going through a tough time and I was talking. I had this image of a, a dark, a dank pond. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it was quite intense for me. Mm -hmm. And my partner, who uh, in this case is a colleague who is based in uh, Nova Scotia in Canada, You know, we were working uh, over uh, uh, on the Skype call mm -hmm. and she goes, you know, you're talking about this pond and all I can think of is in uh, my region, there are many such ponds and in the spring, they are teeming full of life. So it gave me a completely mm -hmm. different perspective on oh, uh, my situation fun. and it resonated and I realized that, you know, inside my own dank pond, there is also a lot of life and a lot of energy and it helped mm -hmm. to um, release something inside me. Am I right that it's like a bit of a spiritual therapy? or I personally don't like the word spiritual, no. but we talk about connecting with, sometimes we talk about connecting with the great big everything. Mm -hmm. So something that is bigger than us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people would say that adult consciousness has got a spiritual component. Mm -hmm. But I kind of, uh, spirituality, I think, is, is, something else. is something very private. And yeah. I wouldn't like to, um, okay. to mix it. But some people might call it spiritual. Okay. It's just in my own definition, I, uh, you prefer uh, I prefer to call it like... I kind of yeah. keep it more ordinary and everyday. Okay. So the thing that differentiates focusing from, say, mindfulness is that you are describing, putting into words what you're experiencing. And this process of looking for words and finding the right words and checking that you've actually got the right word. Because sometimes what happens is you might describe a feeling uh, like you might say, oh, I've got butterflies in my stomach. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And then you would check whether that's really the right, what you want to say. And it might turn as you receive it, receive it back, your listener might give it back to you. It might turn into something else. And we talk about a forward moving energy mm -hmm. because often we have energy that's stuck inside us from a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And when we give it our awareness, we give it space to move and change. Yeah. I wanted to bring in the self-compassion. So for me, what focusing has given me is it means that there is space for everything inside of me. Mm -hmm. So it means that, you know, sometimes I can be judgmental of myself. But when I make space, you know, if I make a mistake or something, if I make space for the judgmental voice to be there, instead of it me feeling oppressed by it, it gives me more space to realize that, oh, mm -hmm. I am not the judgmental voice, neither am I the part of me that's feeling put down by it. I make space inside me for all of mm -hmm. those aspects. Mm -hmm. So when we have feelings, often we say, I feel angry, or I have anger, or I am angry. And we identify with very strongly, and it's like the feeling becomes us. Yep. It's so like with, everywhere. Yep. Mm -hmm. With focusing, mm -hmm. we have an awareness that's bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. So we can keep ourselves company alongside the fact that there's this part of us that is angry. Mm -hmm. So bringing it back to the professional situation, it means that if people have these tools, it means that instead of getting stressed out by, you know, a boss coming and asking you to do uh, extra work, mm -hmm. it means you can take the distance, you can notice the stress pattern happening, and then from your adult consciousness, you can have a very adult conversation with the person who's given you the extra work or the line manager mm -hmm. to renegotiate. Well, okay, I can take on this extra work, but that means then that it won't be possible for me to do this and that. That's like a very complete explanation on, on focusing guide and self-compassion coach. Ruth, where, where can we find you? Okay, so I have a website, uh, okay. ruthfriedman.com. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone can contact you, individuals? Yeah, or, or yeah. Something else I wanted to yeah. mention. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm very interested in burnout mm -hmm. for my own, obviously, as I mentioned, for my own story, but yeah. also because I think that focusing is of particular use to the pre-burnouts. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently conducting a research project which is linked to getting the accreditation, the next level of accreditation at the Focusing Institute of New York. Mm -hmm. So I am particularly interested to talking with people in HR, not only within the companies, but if also public sector and a not-for-profit mm -hmm. sector, because I am wanting to do a series of uh, structured interviews okay. around the topic of burnout. And how burnouts are, are managed within a company? Or, yeah, or exactly. And what has leads to burnout, everything or? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also uh, hopefully to identify some examples of good practice mm -hmm. and also to help identify where there are, where there are gaps and where, the, where there are needs that need to yeah. be. And is met. it also like the people at home who are in burnout, can they contact you to, to discuss their experience or, or is, is, is that not? I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy to talk mm -hmm. to individuals, but uh, my main interest for the study is yeah. uh, within the context of okay. organizations. Okay, fine. So rootfriedman.com. Yeah. Okay, fine. We have like uh, three general questions, uh, Ruth. So the first one is, uh, wh what is your vision on, on HR? And, and of, or better, what is your definition of, of HR? And, and what is your vision on it? Okay, so for me, 
HR is an essential part of the organization. Mm -hmm. You can't really function without an HR. I would say, you know, this matching of individuals, the needs of the individual and the values of the individual to the needs of the organization and something that's bigger, mm -hmm. I think is the, the main role and, you know, managing the talent so that it optimizes for the organization, but also for the, for the individual. Okay. So that's what, that's how I would uh, define it. Have you experienced like the wow factor in, in, in within one of your missions? So uh, for the wow factor, uh, I would like to refer back to the intercultural work that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't have direct experience of working with the HR, but I have experience of individuals who, you know, when they move from one country to another, when it's done well and it's not always done well, they, you know, they're really able to live their potential And the HR function is not only looking after the employee, but also the spouse, mm -hmm. and in the best cases, also the uh, the children. So, I mean, f for me, taking care of the needs of the children for an expatriation is probably the most important thing. Mm -hmm. It might sound strange because they're only kids, you know, mm -hmm. but when the kids are happy, the family is settled, and everyone is able to get on with the business of what they mm -hmm. came for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I'd say about the WAF. Okay. Fine. And, and if you have like one message for uh, the HR people out of there? So my message is relating to the burnouts and the pre-burnouts. Mm -hmm. I would say, yeah, if people suddenly start underperforming to really keep track and really kind of start digging to find out what's going on mm -hmm. so that you can uh, catch the burnouts before before they go over the edge. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, not only to the benefit of the individual, but also, of course, for the company. Uh, for the company. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Thank you very much, uh, Ruth, for being here. It was, it was great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for our listeners, if you too are interested in sharing your passion for work or if you have a particular vision on HR, then please don't be shy and come at my mic. You can find us on our website, hrmeetup.org. On our events, you can find our next recording sessions and the way to subscribe. And if you don't want to be at our micro, but you want to support our project, then please like and share our page. Thank you. Thank you.